Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about three of my favorite wild herbs, burdock, yellow dock, and dandelion. How are they similar? How are they different? Why we want to get to know them and how to work with them. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Last week, I talked about the concept of spring cleansing. If you haven't checked it out yet, give it a listen. I talked about a variety of herbs that support our metabolic and elimination processes. Three of my favorites that I mentioned were burdock, yellow dock, and dandelion. And this week, I would like to give them some deeper attention as a bit of a continuation from last week. These three herbs were some of the first herbs that I learned about. I'd always known them as a happy trio of roots that had similar qualities and paired together nicely. I actually had forgotten about how I had come to think of them as a trio of roots that and I would use for, you know, spring support and liver support. And just recently, I was reminded that this trio is one that Rosemary Gladstar teaches, and I realized that is probably where I learned it well over uh, 20 years ago. And having always used these herbs together, I didn't really get to know them individually. They were kind of just in my mind, you know, dandelion, burdock, yellow dock, the trio of liver-supportive herbs. And once I began working with herbs as simples, which means individuals on their own, I got a whole new appreciation and understanding for each one of these three herbs. I used to think that they were all super bitter in taste because the blend of the three of them is actually quite bitter. And I kind of just all put them in that one category and all kind of put them in this one flavor profile together. But once I started really focusing on working with herbs as simples, 
I came to have a new appreciation for each of these herbs, and I came to have a deeper understanding of each one of them, and realized that really yellow dock is very, very bitter, and was the main flavor that I was tasting. And I remember the first time I'd actually made a dandelion decoction and a dandelion infusion on its own, and a burdock infusion and a burdock decoction on its own. I was like, oh my gosh, this tastes totally different than what I knew them as because I really only knew them as a formula. So I highly recommend getting to know each of these herbs on their own. And then if you so choose and decide and you want to work with all three of them together in a formula, you may do so. But as I come to find that when I start working with simples, I just really like to use them as simples. And I continue to use them as samples because I really get to understand the essence and feel the feel of each herb and the taste of each herb as they stand alone. And today I would like to dive a little deeper with each of them and share some of the gleanings that I have gained with you. So this time of the year, up in Maine anyway, I'm sure most of the country is a bit of ahead of where we are, but we are still in the early, early stages of spring growth, even though we are well into the spring season. Our plants are still a little hesitant to show themselves, which is smart because there's a chance that we will be getting snow this weekend. However, it makes an excellent time to dig some spring roots. And that's one reason why I like working with these three herbs in the early spring, because we still have time to dig their roots before they grow and mature and have all of their, or a majority of their energy and life force and nutrition in their aerial parts. So when we harvest roots, we, we most often really want to focus on harvesting them when most of the life force and the being and the nutrition of the plant is in the roots themselves. And oftentimes once the plants grow and come out of the soil, the roots get um, woodier and smaller and really just less giving. The roots that I like to dig in the spring would be ones that are perennials, which means they live for multiple years, or biennials, which means they live for two years. And burdock is a great example of a biennial. So a biennial is a plant that lives for two years. Usually the first year it is just a basal rosette of leaves, um, kind of like a mandala of leaves that lie in a circle on the ground. They don't have any stalks. And then in the second year, and that's kind of their when their roots are really kind of growing and maturing. And then in the second year of the biennial, the roots have grown enough and stored enough nutrition and sugars and energy that they are able to grow a huge, usually a very large plant with a long stalk and um, bloom and produce a whole bunch of seeds. And then after it sets its seeds and the seeds have ripened, the plant dies. 
And so with biennials, the time that we want to harvest the roots is in the fall of the first year. So the fall of the basil rosette stage or the spring of the second year, right as the plants are starting to regrow. Once they start to make a stalk, then the root usually is turns woody and is no longer good for medicine. Perennial plants like the yellow dock and the dandelion can be harvested in the spring or the fall. And actually dandelion root is very special and it really can be harvested any time of the year and still will provide um, a healthy root with decent medicine. And the taste of the root and the quality of the root definitely changes from spring to summer to fall, usually going from sweeter to more bitter to sweeter again, um, but all still with good minerals and good tenderness and um, good bioavailability. And yellow dock, I actually don't think I've actually tried to ever harvest yellow dock in the summer. But yellow dock is a very <clears throat> can be a very large plant with a large stem and produce lots of seeds. So I'm kind of thinking that it's not going to be great when the root's not going to be great because it's really producing such a, a very relatively large plant. And I, th I feel like yellow dock i used to think it was a biennial but i think it's just a now i believe it to be just a short-lived perennial so it usually doesn't necessarily live for you know a very long time maybe three or four years now all three of these roots all three of these plants once you harvest them and if you leave any bit of root in the ground which you most likely will end up doing um that will regrow a new plant. And this is much to the bane of your average gardener or farmer um, or lawn maintenance person, because, you know, we know that we will weed, quote unquote, weed or dig out dandelions from a yard or a garden, and we'll come back a week later, and there it is again, regrowing, because we didn't get the entirety of the root. But as an ethical wildcrafter or forager, this is actually really nice because we know that we aren't taking the whole plant, but still we're getting a fair amount of medicine and the plant will regenerate and regrow and we really aren't deteriorating the population of the plant. So it all depends on perspective. Another reason why these are very easy to wildcraft is because they are really common weeds. And honestly, they are weeds that most people would rather not have in their yards and gardens. So even if you don't have any in your yard or garden or farm, your friendly neighbor who doesn't use herbicides and pesticides in their lawn would probably be very happy for you to come and dig out some uh, burdock from the edges of their yard or garden. So there is an abundance there for sure. And in fact, all three of these plants really prefer to live in places that humans have disturbed. So whether they are um, building sites, parking lots, roadsides, farm fields, fallow fields, you know, they tend to like sun, 
sunny areas, um, lawns, they, you know, where, and a lot of them, they also like compacted soil. So the farm fields where tractors have gone or places of excavation where heavy machinery has been, naturally these herbs come in as almost like a first succession and because they love compacted soil and they have these amazingly strong tap roots that can really penetrate through that compacted soil and break it up, which is really beneficial for the soil and the, the ecosystem. And then they also dive really deep into the, into the ground where they can mine minerals from the lower uh, soil and bring it up into their large leaves. And then when their leaves decompose in the fall and through the winter, all of those minerals that they have mined and brought up to the surface are now a part of the soil. And so if the soil has been disturbed or turned over or compacted by humans, it's almost like, or it is like, these herbs are restoring the soil, both the structure of the soil and the richness, the mineral content of the soil. One thing that is really important to realize when we are working with roots of plants is that we really have to acknowledge that the life of the plant is mostly held in the root. And you are possibly killing a plant by harvesting the root or at least seriously setting back the growth of the plant by harvesting the root. Like I said, these plants can readily grow from root pieces, but not all plants do, or maybe you will be um, effective at digging out the entire root. And then you will be depleting the population and taking the life of a sentient being. So it is important to acknowledge that, to honor the plant, to have much gratitude to the plant and the gifts that they offer. And if you are able to visit the plant prior to harvesting one or more times and set an intention with it and ask it in with your heart more than with your mind, um, if it has medicine that it's willing to offer you or food that it's willing to offer you, if you may harvest it and really form a connection with that plant and the medicine and the relationship that you have formed and that you will gain is going to be infused with much more benefit. So uh, quickly, <clears throat> the way I like to dig roots, is, these tap roots especially, is I will usually use a forked spade. So it's like a pitchfork, but not with narrow tines, but with wider, flatter tines. And I will go around the plant and loosen the soil up. I'll just kind of wedge back the pitchfork back and forth, back and forth on, you know, all four sides of the plant in kind of a square and just loosen the soil, loosen the soil. And then with my hands, I'll dig down in and find the root and follow the root down. And um, with a knife or a shovel, I will slice the root and then pull the top portion up. Um, you can also find dandelion weeder tools, which kind of are actually designed to help to 
harvest or weed dandelions from lawns where it's a tool that kind of digs down along the side of the root and you can wedge it up. So those are some easy tricks. And again, the these roots are known to go really, really deep in the ground, especially burdock root. I think I've heard rumors of, you know, 10 foot long roots. So don't be too um, dissuaded if you don't aren't able to harvest the whole root. It's okay. So why do we want to harvest the roots? Well, let's get into the benefits that these roots have to offer us. So first, I want to talk about, in general, what's similar about the three of them. And then I want to talk about each one a little bit to highlight maybe one or two things that maybe separates it from the trio and maybe a separate affinity that it has. And um, after that, I'm going to do a give you a quick uh, inspirational recipe on making some burdock root pickles. So stick with us and we'll dive in. So burdock root, dandelion root, and yellow dock root are all known as alteratives. And an alterative is basically an herb that helps to alter us toward a healthier state of being. A lot of times in today's herbalism, alteratives are also referred to as blood cleansers. And again, listen to last week's episode, Um, but I'm not a big fan of talking about cleansing our blood or cleansing our body. Um, Inherently, it makes us think that we are unclean or quote unquote dirty um, or toxic, and that is not a really healthy way to look at the body. And I actually find as a quick side note, um, the fact that dirty like this whole idea of dirt and dirty as being bad and unclean and something that needs to be changed or avoided. And I, I really think about why do we have this feeling? It's, it's, it's a form of earth hating because the soil is of the earth. And if we, and dirt is soil and it is what gives us our nourishment and I mean, ultimately, that is where all of our minerals and nutrition come from, is the dirt and the soil. And so it's just a thought to meditate on and see where where it takes you. But I digress. So back to alteratives. Basically, they are herbs that support the functioning of our major organs of metabolism and elimination. So they really help the functioning of our liver our digestive system, and our kidneys, and often our lymph as well. 
these herbs, these three herbs, burdock, dandelion, and yellow dock are also all digestive bitters. As I said, they're all bitter earlier in um, as I was describing the trio and how I tasted them. And yellow dock is definitely the most bitter. And then I would say dandelion, although roasting it makes it sweeter. And then burdock is actually a lot sweeter and nuttier and just slightly bitter, I would say. But they all, by this bitter action and the bitter flavor, all help to improve digestion and also to help the intestines to um, have peristalsis and um, help us to eliminate through our intestines. I would consider all three of these liver tonics as well, where they support the efficiency of the liver and its ability to function. So all three of those benefits are awesome. They are awesome all year round, but especially in the spring, it's kind of a nice little jump start and uh, renewal since spring is such a time of growth and renewal and moving into a new season. It's fun to, as we come out of this like colder, more stationary interior time, and as we start moving into outside and moving around and eating um, fresher foods, and it's also a nice time to support our metabolic functions. All right, so now I want to just dive a little bit deeper into each herb. So burdock um, is this huge leafed herb. I, supposedly the word dock means um, large leafed herb. So burdock has very large leaves and they are extremely bitter. All you have to do is touch the burdock root, rub it between your two fingers, and then put that finger to your tongue and you can taste the bitter. Whoa. Um, they also have <clears throat> these long stalks that will often have little hints of purple to them. And then they have small little purple thistle-like flowers that turn into burrs, which um, have little hooks on them and contain the seeds and that's how the plant moves around and new populations are found because these seed heads hook on to people and animals and get dispersed. So when I think of burdock, besides the alterative digestive bitter and liver tonic, I really think of it as having an affinity for the skin and skin health. It's a slow acting herb, but all kinds of skin conditions can really clear with the long-term continual ingestion of burdock root in any variety of forms. Another thing that burdock is really well known for is the fact that it contains a lot of inulin. And inulin is a starch, a sugary starch that um, is not digestible by us, but is very digestible by the bacteria that live in our gut and they love it. So it can really, it would be considered a prebiotic where it really supports and feeds the microbiome. And it's a lovely food. The root, it does have that kind of starchiness to it. You can roast it like you would a carrot. 
Um, Gobo is its Japanese name and is found in sushi restaurants or, you know, like cooked or pickled and then um, cut into strips and put in to um, sushi rolls. The seeds um, are medicinal. A lot of people will maybe infuse them in an oil and then use that as a scalp oil if uh, dandruff is an issue or just to improve skin. Um, however, you really need to make sure to get all of the parts of the burr away from the seed, and that can be a difficult process and an irritating process, irritating to the skin, ironically enough. So if that's something you want to try, you may want to consider purchasing the seeds, um, which might save you a lot of trouble and its own skin rash. And then the leaves, again, are way, 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 way too bitter to actually consume uh, in any enjoyable fashion, but they can be applied topically uh, to pain to help ease pain. And you can bruise them a little bit and apply them to pain, or you can um, warm them uh, in, a, in some warm water and apply as a poultice, or um, you can infuse them in vinegar to kind of store them and then apply them topically to pain, painful areas. Dandelion, I think most people know dandelion and there are some lookalikes for sure, none that are poisonous that I know of, but you just want to look carefully. There's a lot of flowers that look similar to the dandelion flower, but so you want to follow that flower down and has a hollow stem, a large hollow stem that when you break has a white exude. Um, and then down to the leaves that grow on the ground in a rosette and the leaves are toothed. So dandelion um, means tooth of the lion in French, dent de lion. That describes, to me anyway, the flower is like the lion's head or like the mane of the lion and the leaves are toothed like lion's teeth. All parts of the dandelion can be harvested and are beneficial pretty much for the similar things. And it again is a food plant, though I would say mostly the leaves are used as food, whereas the burdock, the root, is more of a food. And in dandelion, I feel like the root is a little bit more bitter, um, unless if you harvest it super early in the spring or super late in the fall, which is when it's storing all of its sugars. Um, and then it can be a little sweeter. A lot of people will roast the root um, on low heat in the oven, and that will help to sweeten it. And often people will We'll use it as a coffee substitute, not necessarily because it's stimulating like coffee, but it has that roasted bitter sweet flavor to it, similar to coffee. And really, like I said, you can even harvest dandelion root in the middle of the summer if you are desperate or if you are quote unquote weeding your garden, you can still, you don't have to compost that plant. You can still utilize it for medicine if you so choose. And dandelion definitely has inulin as well. And I think of it more as having an affinity for the kidneys. And although it is going to be beneficial for the skin as well. And it is showing some really good promise as being um, having some really anti-cancer properties to it. Talking about the inulin, you know that you will, when you make your herbal remedies of the burdock and the dandelion, 
Inulin is water soluble, but it is not soluble in alcohol or vinegar. So if you infuse your roots in even 100 proof vodka, which is half water and half alcohol, you're still going to get, and also in the vinegar, you're going to get this white sediment. And it looks kind of freaky at first. It looks like it could be mildew or mold or something, but it's vinegar and alcohol. You're really not going to be growing mold like at the bottom of your jar. And, and it does, it settles out to the bottom and the sides of the jar. You know, you have a really good remedy if it's full of this white inulin and you want to shake it up before you use it. So you do ingest that inulin as well. Although I will say that um, if you ingest a lot of inulin and your bacteria in your gut get really excited and start eating a lot of it, they will off gas and that will give you gas and it can be a little uh, lead to some you know, cramping and gasishness in your intestines. So a little inulin is great. A whole lot of inulin, you might find um, it hard to digest or uncomfortable to digest. And then yellow dock is an herb that really stands out in the late summer and fall in a field of grasses. It also likes to grow on the edges um, between fields and woods or on the edges of farm fields. It likes sun. So you'll see it in open places on the edges of roads. Um, but it has this large plume of brown seeds and it actually makes a beautiful dried flower for dried flower arrangements. Well, it's not a flower, it's a seed head. And it stands out because it's dark brown seeds in a, in a sea of golden grass and green grass fields. And the root of yellow dock is yellow on the inside, and it varies in shades of yellow. Yellow dock is uh, Rumex crispus is the curly dock. And then there's another type of yellow dock that is a broadleaf dock, Rumex obtusifolia. Um, where I live, we just really have the Rumex crispus, but I've seen the obtusifolia in places a little more southern than I am. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, on the seashore, there is a subspecies of Rumex crispus, which looks different. The seed heads have less paper and um, it's really, they, yeah, the leaves are curlier, but they're and taste saltier because they're growing on the right next to the salt water. Um, but they are still the same genus and species as the ones growing in the field, but they do look different, which is cool. But I digress again. Um, and so for yellow dock, I feel like yellow dock has more of an affinity for people who have anemia or have a hard time um, utilizing iron, even if you have an iron rich diet. And so this could also be people that have um, like excess bleeding during menses um, or are just feeling very low and tired because they don't have enough iron in their blood. There's really not much inulin or maybe any inulin that I can think of that that's apparent in the yellow dock remedies, but the tincture will turn this like really nice bright yellow. So the remedies that you can make with all of these roots are pretty similar. You can do infused vinegars. 
You can do a tincture, which is infused alcohol, and I like to use 100 proof alcohol. You can make um, water-based decoctions or an infusion. Um, you can make a syrup, I would say, especially with the yellow dock because it is so bitter. And if you want to cook it down for a long time to get some of that iron out of it, um, you can then sweeten it with honey and make it a syrup and take it by the spoonful. Although there are other reasons other than yellow dock containing iron that it can also help support our iron utilization, or it might even help the liver to release iron that it has stored. There's a few different theories out there. But if you were to take a tincture of yellow dock, you're really not going to get any iron from the tincture, but you will get uh, a better functioning liver and digestive system overall. Uh, topically, we talked a little bit about topical uses of the burdock seed and leaf and um, dandelion flower infused in oil is known as a discutient, so it can be used as like a breast massage oil or if you have cysts or fatty tumors that you want to slowly break up, then a dandelion flower infused oil people will sometimes use. Uh, oh, a topical use for yellow dock is really commonly known if you rub the leaf on like a nettle sting, it's supposed to take away the burn of being stung by stinging nettle. And I would imagine it would also help with ant bites or bee stings as well. And the yellow dock leaf um, is really tasty. It, it's very sour and citric, citrusy, especially in the spring. And then as the season progresses, it gets more bitter. I find that I'm often sharing the my wild yellow dock plants that I tend with the deer. The deer really like them in the spring too but they'll often leave some un, unbitten leaves for me to use as well. So that is a really brief overview. I, you know, would love for you to dive deeper and to get to know one or all of these really common weeds that likely grow right in your backyard and are really beneficial for some really baseline important health functions. Another aspect of yellow dock right now, while I'm thinking of it real quick, is it's really great for improving the strength and tone of the small and the large intest the large intestine more even more so, where it really helps with peristalsis. It's not a stimulant laxative at all. It's not even necessarily a laxative, but it does help relieve chronic constipation because it can help with the functioning of the intestines, um, and, but it's mild enough for both children and elders to use. And it's not an addictive stimulant laxative. So that's another side benefit. If you would like to make burdock pickles, a fun recipe idea is basically to harvest a nice burdock root and slice it into thin round slices and layer it in a jar with some sliced onions, some sliced garlic, some pickling spices like coriander and dill and um, cardamom and maybe a couple juniper berries, whatever you like in your pickles, and some sliced or grated ginger and some sliced carrots. And you just kind of make layers of each of those 
and then cover it with apple cider vinegar. And I personally like to pasteurize my apple cider vinegar to increase the shelf life and stability of the vinegar, especially when using fresh plant material. So I basically just bring my apple cider vinegar up to a boil, and then I bring it back down to room temperature. I do that in a Pyrex pot, or you can use an enamel-lined pot. You don't want to use a metal pot because it reacts with metal. And then I, and then I, once that's back to room temperature, I fill the jar, you know, covering all of the sliced veggies and herbs, the burdock and the ginger and the carrot and all that. Cover that with the vinegar, and then I put. Um, it's usually in a ball jar that I'm using. So then I will put a piece of um, unbleached wax paper or parchment paper on the top, and then I'll screw a lid on top of that. And that parchment paper creates a barrier between the vinegar and the metal, at least for a short term, which is important. Or you can use a food safe plastic lid, which the ball jars make and you can buy separate um, because the vinegar again reacts with the metal and it will really rust that lid and put the rusted metal into your pickles and that's just not very enjoyable unless you're going to eat them really quickly but I like to let them sit for at least four to six weeks um, but longer the better and you'll see lots of inulin and then what you can use you can eat all the pickled veggies or put them on a salad and then um, with the vinegar and the inulin now that has absorbed a lot of the flavor and minerals from the everything you put in there you can use that as a base for a salad dressing and it's really great if you put it in a blender and then add oil and maybe a little bit of honey or a little bit of like a touch of a sweetener and blend it and that inulin just makes the whole dressing very creamy and rich and it's just it's really kind of fun to see it happen and it's it makes a nice tasty creamy salad dressing that will help to feed your microbiome so it's great this um, month, this is such a big topic and one that I love talking about. Um, so I'm writing a class on these three herbs and harvesting the roots and making remedies with these three roots for this month's um, Solidago Herb School membership classroom on Patreon. We will be focusing on spring roots and then we'll start getting into salad greens, wild greens as we move into May because right now the greens are still pretty slow to start where I am. So if you are interested in learning about foraging medicinal plants, making herbal remedies, growing herbs in your garden, and general seasonal backyard and kitchen herbalism, check out the Solidago Herb School membership classroom on the Patreon website. You can find it, uh, I think it's, you know, www.patreon.com backslash Solidago Herb School. I will also put a link in the description of the podcast. You can check it out. 
membership starts as low as five dollars a month there's also some freebies on there and all of the notes from all of the podcasts the notes that i go by you can sign up anytime but you aren't charged until the start of the following month so if you were to sign up now you would have two weeks free to check out the site and to see if it interests you um, and then you can cancel at any time so there's no actual real financial commitment to start and you can just kind of see if it interests you or if it's something that you would like to dive a little deeper with me you can also find me on instagram and facebook um, or at my website all with the tag solidago herb school if you enjoy this podcast i would really appreciate um, a rating it's really easy. You just have to click a star or, well, I would love a five-star rating, of course, but whatever you feel um, on the iTunes app, just right when you're looking at the, the pod. So I would love that. That will help other people find the podcast more easily when they're searching for herbal podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with her. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.